You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So we are in a brand new series today. I get to kick it off. I'm very excited. And it's called Culture Code. Oh, come on. Look at that. Culture Code. And um, I want to, we want to just share about the culture of Awakened Church, the culture of the kingdom of God. And culture is defined as, it's an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior and norms found in human societies, as well as the knowledge, beliefs, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of the individuals in these groups. That's a big mouthful and kind of hard to follow. So I heard a pastor say one time, very, very poetically, that culture is just saying this is how we do things around here. That's culture. That's just, that's just how we do things around here. And so I want to share how we do things around here at Awakened Church. And one of the things that we do at Awakened Church, one of the cultural markers here is we say yes to God. We say yes. So the title of my message is Yes Man. Yes Man. I am a yes man. I am a proud yes man. And in our, you know, culture and society, not our like Awakened Church, but just in general, being a yes man is generally thought of as a bad thing, right? A yes man is someone who just, you know, will always agree, always say yes to whatever their superior says out of, you know, a spirit of, of whatever, just being a conformist or, or whatever the case may be. Um, It's defined as someone who uh, always endorses or supports without criticism every opinion or proposal of a superior, right? And we don't don't like that. Oh, my gosh. He's just such a yes man. Such a yes man. Just the way he talks to his boss. Oh, it's disgusting. Such a yes man, right? But if you frame this up where your superior is God Almighty, all of a sudden being a yes man is not really the worst thing. So let's read the definition again. Being a yes man, defined as someone who uh, endorses or supports without criticism every opinion or proposal of God Almighty. Then being a yes man is kind of not so bad, right? So I'm a proud yes man. We got any yes man, yes women in here? Come on. Amen. So at Awakened Church, we say yes to God. Now, um, a lot of you guys probably know Katie and I as and we are the campus pastors of the East Lake Campus of Awakened Church, but that's probably for a lot of you all you know us as. Um, a lot of you are maybe newer, only I, I would say few of you, maybe the Kalaluis, um, where's Dr. Stephen and Gina? Maybe, maybe you guys, Pastor Stacy, definitely, but there's a, only a handful of people that have, actually, that have been at this church longer than we have in this room. So a lot of you guys just know us as Mike and Katie, the campus pastors of the East Lake Campus of Awakened Church, but it has not always been that way. Many moons ago, eight years ago, when we came to this church, we were just two people showing up to church, just like you. Never been here before, didn't know anybody, just somebody told us about this church at the time called C3 San Diego, and we just showed up as visitors, first-time guests. Yes, we got a high card. Yes, we filled it out. Yes, we turned it in after service. Come on. Somebody said amen on the high team. Come on. And... um, for those of you that don't know kind of our, our story, so um, I'm from Dallas, Texas, born and raised, and uh, did my undergraduate um, 
schooling work at the University of North Texas, uh, got an engineering degree, got a math degree, and then we moved out here to San Diego so that I could go to graduate school. And did not know a soul, had ne- I'd never even been to San Diego when we moved. Now Katie had been here and knew that it was like the most amazing city in the world, and so she basically convinced me like this is the place, so I'd gotten into a couple of schools, UC San Diego was one of them, and so she was like, if you want me to be happy, you will choose San Diego. So I was like, okay, well, it doesn't leave me much option, and so out we came to San Diego. Now, I, will, I remember when we rolled up to San Diego, it was um, uh, right around like September 1st of 2012, and it happened to be one of the single greatest heat waves in the history of San Diego. So we moved into camp, uh, to on, uh, what do you call it, uh, graduate student housing on campus. They have these, these apartments for um, married and, and young family graduate students. And so I lived in an, a two-bedroom apartment in La Jolla for $900 a month. And I was like, man, San Diego's sweet. Then we had to move and get a real apartment, and I was like, wow, okay. And then just got a, a swift uh, gut kick right there. But I remember we, we rolled up, and, um, and, it's, and it, it's, like, super hot. And I'm from Dallas, Texas. I'm used to, like, 110 degrees for months on end. So I'm, you know, whatever, no big deal. So we get into this apartment, and I'm like, oh, man, it's a little hot. Let's go ahead and kick on the AC. And I go to the AC unit. And, you know, normally it says, like, cool, off, and heat on, like, a thermostat. And on, where it says cool, someone just took a Sharpie and drew a line through it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means, so I just clicked it over to cool, and I'm standing under the vent, just like, this is not getting very cool. So I call the front desk, I'm like, hey, no big deal, we're, we're new here, but our AC's broken, so if you could, and this lady was like, oh no, 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 we don't have AC. And I was like, because my, my very first taste of San Diego was like 95 degree heat, and I'm inside my brand new apartment, it's like 83 degrees inside, and I'm like, Katie, what have you done? Move me out to this Southern California desert. Anyway, but then the weather got better, fell in love with San Diego. So we came out here to, so that I could go to, to school. And then we had just a friend of a friend um, invite us to, at the time, C3 San Diego, Awaken Church. And uh, we showed up here. I was a um, deeply disgruntled, uh, very cynical, very hard to be around person. I was um, super insecure. I was lost. I had a pretty severe drinking problem. My wife I would say, tolerated me more than loved me. And that's how we came to this church. And I remember our very first Sunday, I hated every minute of it. Every minute. I remember, you know, like, hey, if you're new here, raise your hand. And I just was like, you know, don't, I hate, I just hated being the center of attention. Didn't want anybody to know I was new and then I'm going to get flocked with all these new people. I got to, people are going to introduce themselves to me. I'm going to have to talk to people, meet new people. So I was just like, oh my gosh, here we go. Which I, I, you know, came to realize in time that that was just my insecurity, my lack of self-worth, which is what was keeping me from wanting to, to engage with other people. Then we're, you know, like somebody does the Book of Miracles prayer, and I think it was Pastor John Hendricks, and he's just like thundering away. Like he's actually like yelling at the devil while he's praying. And I'm like, why are you talking to the devil? You're, you're praying to God. And he was just like, devil, we bind you. And, just, and I was like, why are you yelling? Everybody calm down. Then we're in the service, and they do the tithe message, and I'm like, I knew it. 15 minutes in, talking about my money. I knew it. Yep. I knew it. Yep, yep, yep. I knew it was gonna happen. Then... Time for the preaching, and Pastor Leanne gets up. A woman. 
And I was like, Katie, get your purse. <laughs> Got to get out of here. And then while she's preaching, everybody around me is yelling at her, saying amen and wow and clapping. And I'm like, stop. What, are, what is happening here? It was very hard for me my very first time at this church. And that was eight years ago. But when we left Dallas, Texas, and we loaded up our budget truck with all of our earthly possessions, we had a flatbed trailer behind our budget truck with our gold Toyota Camry. Remember that? 2004 Toyota Camry. And um, we were just driving across the country on I-40 going through New Mexico and Arizona. And we were just, we didn't even really know how to dream. We didn't really even have the vocabulary of dreaming and having vision yet. But there was this little thought in us that just drove us. And that thought was, maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. And so we, we came from good churches. I would never disparage the churches that we came from in Texas. I mean, we got, I got saved in, in that church and wouldn't, but, the, but there was something when we were on our way out here that was like, maybe there's just a little more. Maybe the God of the Bible that I read about really does still do all of the miracles in the exact same way with the exact same power that I read about in my Bible. Maybe there's more. So even though I hated everything about this church at first, something drove me, and it was that little lingering thought of maybe there's more. And it propelled us to say yes to things that I was just like, no, no, no. But I just, I, I, I found myself just, I had to say yes because of this driving thought of maybe there's more. Maybe there's really more to following God, to, to building his kingdom. So I want to give you three areas that we say yes to at Awaken Church. Three areas. Number one, we say yes to the stretch. Oh, didn't get a lot of wows or amens on that one. Okay. I'd love it if you come with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Um, it'll be on the screen uh, behind me, but um, always good to, to follow along. This is the story of um, Jesus calling um, Simon Peter to, uh, to follow him. Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11, be on the screen behind me. It says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genezareth. And two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, here's the important part. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And I love, I mean, Peter's the best, right? Every one of us resonates with Peter because he just doesn't always get it right. But there's just something about him. He's just, you know, he's just like, maybe there's more. Maybe there's something to this guy. And I love it in verse 5. 
But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. And how many of us do that? Where we say, so what Peter's doing is, hey, sir, you're a carpenter, okay? I'm a fisherman. This is what I do, okay? This is my, this is my lake. This is my hood. I am an expert in this field. So I've been out all night fishing. There are no fish. This is what I do. But nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. And how many times have we, when something comes up in our lives where we feel God pulling us somewhere, wanting us to do something, we start saying, well, hold on, wait, listen, I know you're the Lord of the universe, but I also am very wise and knowledgeable on things. And I just, you know, I don't know if maybe you've considered all that I have going on. I mean, there's this and this and this. And so I'm just, maybe you just weren't listening, you know, maybe didn't hear right, right? We all do that. We all, I'm guilty of that. But Peter's attitude of nevertheless, which what he's saying is in spite of the way I feel, in spite of what makes sense to me, nevertheless, at your word, amen. And I, Katie and I have made it a mantra of our family that we will say, nevertheless, at your word. Now, it doesn't say, Peter didn't say, nevertheless, you know, because of the disciples' word. It was, it was based on the word of the Lord. So we don't just say yes to random, we say yes to the voice of God, okay? And I love that, that Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. And we have, Katie and I, I mean, gosh, I have a an abundance of examples to choose from of Katie and I stretching over the years. I remember um, we had just kind of started serving and, and serving was amazing, just getting kind of finding our groove. And then we got ambushed <laughs> by two of the pastors at our church. Ambushed, okay? They say, hey, we want to take you guys out for dinner. I'm like, oh, wow, I feel so special. They want to take us out to dinner. That's great. And Katie, can you believe that? So these pastors took us out to a, it's pastors Matt and Loren Tuggle, the campus pastors now of the Salt Lake City campus. Um, and they were over uh, young adults at the time. And so they took us out to, to dinner. We had, we had just kind of started serving and really getting our groove. And then we just thought it was a little hangout, that, but no, we got ambushed. And then they threw it on us. Hey, we want you to start a connect group. I'm like, uh-huh. I knew it. I knew there was more to this than just dinner. And I was just like, did exactly what Peter does. No, 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 no. I mean, I was a, like, UC San Diego is, there's, people that go there are really smart, and I'm not. I was like the, I like sneaked my way in there, okay? I got into UC San Diego to this master's program because one of my professors in Texas knew, one. I got like a special favor admittance, Okay. And like everybody else there is really, really smart. And I was just like, do you remember? I was drowning when we first got there. Like I remember the very first day of class, this pastor, or the pastor, this professor, professor, there we go. I've been so churchified now. Um, this professor was like, all right, we're gonna, you're gonna take a couple minutes and do some review and starts to do da I had never even heard of one single term or thing that he was saying in the review, okay? So I'm like, limping by at school, and then they ask us to lead a connect group. And so I did exactly what Simon Peter did. I said, oh, no, 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 listen, I've toiled all night. I, I can't do that. I mean, I am barely getting by, hanging on to doing schoolwork. There's no way that we could take it. But we knew 
after I threw a, a big fit for about a week. <laughs> Nevertheless, at your word. And that was the beginning of our journey in leadership at Awaken Church, which has culminated eight years later in us leading the finest campus in all of Awaken Church in Jesus' name. Come on. And I remember, um, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm wasting too much time. I got so many stories, so many stories. I got to skip that one. Maybe I'll do that one in the 11. You can podcast it. But I remember, I do want to make one caveat about saying yes to the stretch is saying yes to the stretch does not mean saying yes to everything. Huge difference. And I remember, and and this is, I think this moment caused me to just fall in love with Pastors Jurgen and Leanne like more than ever, forever. And when Katie and I were um, after, for those of you who were around back then, Pastors Drew and Emma Davies started this campus with Katie and I there as part of their key leadership team. They went to plant a church in Seattle, Um, Hope Village Church was doing amazing. I was just up there a few weeks ago preaching at their church, and it is thriving. It's been awesome. And I, um, when, when we found out that pastors Drew and Emma were going to be going to plant that church, there was like, we were kind of like, okay, who's going to take over this campus? And we thought maybe it would be us, but we weren't for sure. And so we were, for like a month, it was just like, you know, in our brains, like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do it? What's going to happen? What if this? Well, I don't know. What if it, and it was just like, Katie and I talking about five million hours every single day about everything that could happen, would happen, whatever. And then I remember Pastor Jurgen said, hey, I want to take you guys out to lunch. I think it was like December something, December 6th, I think. And, um, and so w- then we kind of knew. It's kind of like when a girl knows she's going to get proposed to, like she knows it's happening, but she's, it was kind of like that. We knew he was going to ask us to take over this campus, but then we were like, okay, you know, we got to have all of our, our, our stories straight on, on like, you know, what our goals are, what our, what, what, you know, what our attendance metrics are going to be. And so I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's get, let's have a, a vision and a pen. And we went into it thinking Pastor Ergen was going to be like, okay, you know, here, here's the metrics. Here's where the attendance is right now. Here's what we are believing for. Here's how many connect groups we've got. Here's the, all these. And it was not that at all. And Pastor Jurgen sat Katie and I down and he offered us this job. And he said, 80% of this job as the campus pastors is having a good marriage and healthy kids. That's 80%. And he said, 15% is taking people out to coffee and dinner and 5% is admin and that's it. And I was like, oh, I'm in. And I just love that Pastor Jurgen, our leader, knows that we minister, we serve, we lead out of the overflow. And if you are doing all kinds of things at church, all kinds of tasks and on 50 million teams and your kids don't like you and your marriage is a disaster, your finances are a wreck, then you're not actually saying yes to God because the call of God is to have a healthy family, to be an amazing husband, an amazing wife, an amazing father, an amazing mother, to have your affairs in order. And everything else we do is out of that place of overflow. So we say yes to the stretch. Come on, somebody. Number two, I put this one in the middle because this is going to get even less wows and amens. We say yes to authority. Yes. Don't worry. The last one's going to feel a little better, but we're going we're gonna to dig into this one just for a couple minutes. We say yes to authority. Hebrews 13, verse 17, in the message translation is going to be on the screen behind me. Now, listen to this one, guys. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. 
They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Just... Little Selah right there. <laughs> At Awaken Church, we submit to our leaders. We submit to our leaders. You may not like your leader. Your leader may make a mistake. They may make a bad leadership decision. But we still submit to our leaders. Now, I want to... Um, sort of break something down a little bit. When, when and you're gonna, this is gonna start out a little, gonna make you guys kind of do this a little bit, but just hang in there. When you submit yourself to authority, you are putting yourself in a position to be taken advantage of, okay? Hang with me, okay? When you submit to authority, you are putting yourself in a position to be exploited, okay? In marriage, if the Bible says that, um, uh, wives submit to your husbands, which can be exploitative. But it also says, for those who care to take the entire verse in context, it also says, husbands, lay down your life for your wife. So there is mutual submission. Now, in a marriage, if only one party takes that seriously and the other does not, then instantly that marriage becomes exploitative. It becomes abusive on, on some level or another. The reason that a marriage works in, where there's good, healthy intimacy is because both parties um, lay down their preferences for the other. And I could, Katie knows everything about me. She knows, and, and I have allowed her, I have, I have, to be vulnerable means to put yourself in a position to be wounded. I have let Katie in so deep into my heart, into my psychology, into the way that I think, into my fears, my insecurities, my doubts, my struggles, that if she wanted to, she could just, she could plunge the knife in. She, Katie could say things to me that would level me because I've given her that place, right? But she doesn't because she's a good wife. In the same way, in leadership, if you Put yourself in a position. If you say, you know what, I'm going to serve my leader, I'm going to serve my, uh, this team that I'm on, and if you do it with reckless abandon, you are putting yourself in a position to be exploited. But because your leader submits themselves, and that's what this verse says in Hebrews 13, 17. It says, um, your leader, is, uh, they work under the strict supervision of God. And so if there is... Uh, abuse by a leader, then God is going to just snatch them out. And we, as the, you know, the, the leaders of Awaken Church, are very careful to sniff out any abusive leadership that will not stand. There is no place for that here. So serving on a team, submitting yourself to a leader, you are saying, I'm here. I'm here to say yes to whatever, whatever you'd have me do. I'm in. I'm all in. But your leader also has to be hearing from God, has to have a shepherd's heart. And if, if they truly are operating in a place of, of, of shepherding, then they will not 
and it is impossible for them to be exploitative, to be abusive. And so that is the perfect balance of leadership here at our campus. And so trust your leaders. There may be times where, uh, and I'm going to give two examples from our life for both of these. There will be times where uh, your leader will call you into something that you don't think you're ready for, or you don't think you have the bandwidth for, or you don't, there will be times where it's like you get called up into something. There will also be times where you think you're ready to be called up into something, and your leader will say, no. Both ways. And you have to trust your leader. I remember, um, a lot of you probably don't, uh, for those of you that were here since the campus started, um, I was the original music director for the Eastlake campus of Awaken Church. I started my career as a, as a professional guitar player. I was a, in Texas. I was a country guitar player for hire. When Katie met me, I smoked like a pack of cigarettes a day and drank whiskey like it was water and was just in honky-tonks in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana all the time. So got saved, praise God. Uh, God redeemed those gifts, and I was the music director here for the first couple of years. Loved it, and I was just, I, I was, you know, good at it. It was, it was, it was a perfect place for me to serve, um, and it just became very, very easy, very just in my wheelhouse, no big deal. And then I remember pastors Drew and Emma asked me to lay that down and move into something else. And it was just, it was the hardest thing. That's all I knew was being on the worship team. And I just had it so dialed in, it was my, and that was something that I had to trust them. And now, years and years and years and years later, doing what we're doing, I see why. Because all of the things, that, whether it was conscious or not, I don't, I don't know, but all the things that they had Katie and I go through prepared us for this position of leading this amazing campus. So we said yes, and it was hard for me. It was hard for me to lay that down because I loved it. It was something that I, I'd been doing my whole life. I was, I was good at it, but I said yes to my leaders. There was another time where, um, you know, we came to this church about eight years ago, as I said, and uh, there was a handful of folks that we became uh, good friends with, and we all kind of you know, rows in, in leadership together and we're, we're doing about the same, the same things, leading connect groups and leading different teams and whatever else. And, um, and there was a, a round of, um, we ordain uh, people as pastors in our church and we, we call them lay pastors. And so they're, they're uh, people that have operated as pastors but don't have the title of pastor and then we give them the title of pastor. We have kind of the Chick-fil-A model here. And where you, you, operate in that position, and then we will give you the title of that position. And I remember there was a, a round of ordinations that happened. This was years and years and years ago. And so many of our friends, the same people that we kind of came with, um, got started in this church at the same time with, all got ordained. And Katie and I didn't. And we, we had a couple weeks, just two weeks. Everybody gets a little grace, okay? You get two weeks where we were like, oh, what, 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 is, what does that mean? What is, what's wrong with us? What are we not doing that they're doing? Da, 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 da. But we trusted our leadership. We didn't get bent out of shape. We said, you know what? Like, we don't care about the title. We don't care about any of that stuff. We trust the leadership of this church. We submit ourselves to the leadership of this church. So Katie and I have had it both ways. At Awaken Church, we say yes to authority. We say yes to authority. And lastly, as we come to a close... At Awaken Church, we say yes to the impossible. We say yes to the impossible. One of the greatest 
gifts that Katie and I have been given at this church is learning how to believe God for crazy things. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. And I love this prayer of Jeremiah because it gives us the formula for how to pray for the impossible. First, he acknowledges God as Lord. He says, ah, Lord God. The first thing we do when we are believing God for the impossible is we put him in his proper place. We say, you are God. You are God Almighty. You know more than me. You are the king. You are sovereign. You are Lord. And then Jeremiah recounts other things that God has done that were impossible. And he says, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And then he declares, there's nothing too hard for you. So when you're believing God for the impossible, the first thing you do is you pray, you are Lord God Almighty. The next thing you do is you remind yourself of an impossible thing he's done in the past. Now, you may be in here and say, well, you know what? He's never done anything for me like that. Maybe you're believing God for healing. Maybe you've been given a diagnosis, and you, but you've never actually experienced physical healing yourself. Well, then guess what? You can go to men's or women's prayer. Men's prayer happens Tuesday morning at 5.30. Women's prayer happens at 7 a.m. And we start every single one of those with something that we call God stories. We just open up the floor and let people share about miraculous things that God has done in their life. And you will hear somebody say, just the other day, I was praying and God healed me supernaturally. So now you have something impossible that you can grab onto. And it may not be your miracle yet, but you can actually commandeer somebody else's miracle for yourself. You may hear at men's prayer, Miguel uh, Ortega talking about how um, him and his wife are pregnant now with a miracle baby where the doctor said there is no way you will ever get pregnant. And maybe you and your spouse are believing God for a baby and you, you say, ah, you are Lord God. I've, I know that you've done it for Miguel Ortega. You're not a respecter of persons, so I know you'll do it for me. There is nothing too hard for our God. At Awaken Church, we believe God for the impossible. And it's interesting, you know, our default position is to go to what is possible. We're humans, that's what we do. I'm the, the pastor here, and just the other day, my wife and I, and this, I think this is just kinda how it, it works. I, I think this is just the way it goes at our church. It's always the wife who will come and say, I really think we need to buy a house. And then it's always the husband who's like, I don't think so. And then the wife always wins out and then fast forward a year and you have a Miracle House story and you know, it's all amazing and whatever. And that's, that's our story. We have that exact story. Many of you know, we built a house here in Chula Vista and it was like, there is no way. Uh, turns out banks actually want you to have money if you're gonna build a house. We didn't have any, but Katie was like, we can do it. And I was like, no, we can't. And then she won and now we have our house, which is amazing. But we, uh, come on, we, we just the other day, um, Katie came up to me and was like, hey, I think it's time to believe God for a new house. And even as your pastor, my very first thing was, well, we can't, we can't. I started a new business. I'm not a W-2 employee anymore. So I don't just have like, you know, statement, like we're gonna have to show two years of solid tax history. We don't have two years. Da, 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 da. And I just went into every single reason why it can't be done. But one of the um, sort of burdens of leadership is I can't tell you guys to do something if I'm not willing to do it first. And so we are believing God for a new house. And there is, it is 
flipping impossible, literally. But we know that God can do it. And so we're believing God right now for a new home that, that people, we can host more people at. We believe God for the impossible at Awaken Church. I've experienced supernatural healing at this church. I had um, something called chronic Epstein-Barr virus, which is uh, basically mono ongoing. I just had mono for like two years. I was exhausted. I was fatigued. I was laying on the couch all the time. This was 2018 and 2019, right before we took over this campus. And I was just like barely limping through life. My, my lymph nodes would be super swollen all the time and super sore. Like, my, like under my arms, I would be in constant pain with like my lymph nodes. They would be like rock hard. I was always exhausted, always just no energy. And I was in a, a, a service and Pastor Leanne um, was preaching on healing. And she said, if you're believing God for healing, lift your hands. And as I lifted my hands, I was like, hmm. And in that moment, I felt no more pain, and it went away, and it's never come back. We believe God for the impossible at this church. And I've got story after story after story I could, I could share. We've, I've seen generational curses broken. Probably the greatest miracle in our life is, and you know, there's, I'm sure many of you are, are um, financially better off than we are, um, but the, the great, one of the greatest miracles in our life is the cycle of poverty broken over our family. I grew up um, with just generation after generation after generation after generation of, of poverty and just the, the way now that I think about money, the, the way that God moves in our life financially is one of the greatest. We believe God for the impossible at this church. We say yes. We are yes men. We are yes women at Awaken Church. We say yes to the stretch. We say yes to authority. And we say yes to the impossible. And I want to just take a second, close up the service. I'd love it if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. We also want to give anybody in here an opportunity to say yes to the very, very, for the very, very first time to God. Or maybe the hundredth time, I don't know. That's the beautiful thing about God is he's the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, on and on and on and on and on. Maybe you're in here and you're just far from God. Maybe, maybe you know that he's knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says in Revelation 3.20 that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if we would hear his voice and open the door, then he will come in and dine with us and us with him. Maybe you're in here and you know that he's knocking on the door of your heart. I saw a painting um, of this scripture and it's of Jesus knocking on the door, but the outside of this door in this painting didn't have a door handle because God won't let himself in. It can only be open from the inside. Imagine if I forced Katie to love me. If I said, you will love me, you must love me, and I locked her in my basement and fed her through, that, that's not love, that's actually the plot of a bunch of horror movies, I think. And so God will not barge his way into your life. There's an invitation. He knocks at the door and waits for you to answer it. Maybe he's knocking on the door of your heart right now. And if so, I want to give you the opportunity to open the door to him. And all you have to do is pray a very, very simple prayer that I'll walk you through. And that is the act of opening the door of your heart to making him your Lord, making him your Savior, and saying yes to God. And you are in for a wild, wild adventure. You are in for the ride of your life. I am telling you, I am a testament to it. So if that's you, maybe you've never prayed this prayer before. Maybe you grew up in church, prayed this prayer a long time ago, but you've fallen away, slipped away, whatever. Or maybe you're in here today and you just feel far from God. 
whatever it is, on the count of three, I want you to just lift up your hand so I know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Who are those ones that need to pray that prayer? I see that hand right there, amazing. So proud of you. Who else needs to pray that prayer? Open the door of their heart to Jesus. Amazing, amazing. Well, hey, let's pray this prayer out loud. Everybody in the building, let's say, Dear Heavenly Father, come on, everybody in the building, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for sending Jesus on a rescue mission to save me. Today, I repent of my sins and I know that I am forgiven. I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. A great adventure awaits in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on. Amen. How amazing is that? So proud of you. What we would love for you to do if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but no, you should have. What we want you to do is we have an amazing team right over here. The amazing Flores family. Love you guys. Standing at our response lounge. What we would love for you to do is make your way over to them. They've got a team. They want to just say, uh, they want to just pray with you. They want to give you a Bible and a little gift called Following Jesus that just kind of breaks down what it looks like to be a person of faith in very, very simple terms. So we're just so proud of you. Don't leave here without going to see them over there at the response lounge. Why don't we go and hop to our feet? Let me just pray over us as we go. It's going to be an amazing week. You, are, you have the Joshua anointing as the men and women of the East Lake Campus of Awakened Church. You are territory takers in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you for these beautiful men and women. God, we declare right now the spirit of Joshua would come upon every single one of us, God, that we would live our life on our front foot, that we advance, that we are territory takers. We don't let life happen to us, God. We have a vision from you that we are yes men, yes women, that we say yes to the call of God and that we will see uh, legacies built. We will see destinies shifted. We will see breakthrough. We will see the miraculous in Jesus' mighty name. We declare that we will see the city of San Diego saved for Jesus Christ. And God, we declare revival is going to start and it's going to begin at the East Lake campus of Awaken Church in the bottom left corner of the United States. It's going to propagate its way out in Jesus' name. God, we declare breakthrough and blessing over these magnificent people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awaken Church, go to awakenchurch.com.